I've done that. I was like, oh, I'm just going to paint a freaking landscape or something just to see if I can. <laughs> Welcome to Off the Easel. Today you are here with Sky Becker Yamakawa and Catherine Moore. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Sky. Hi. So tell me, what have you been working on? Well, this week I am getting started on some sketches for an upcoming show that'll be down in LA at Gallery 1988 for a show called Smorgasbord. So everything is pop culture food related. It can be like maybe a restaurant that was in a movie or a TV show, or maybe like a specific food that was focused on or something like that. I kind of am leaning towards doing, I don't know if you ever watched Pushing Daisies. Did you ever see that show? I didn't. Oh my God. I love it. I always encourage artists to at least look at one episode because the design is gorgeous. Just everything works so beautifully together. It's a very quirky, very fun show. It was unfortunately canceled like way too early. I just, I think it was maybe too highbrow for a lot of mainstream America. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? I absolutely adored the show and was really just bombed and it was canceled. It takes place mostly in a restaurant called the Pie Hole. So there's the main character, he's a pie maker and everything, every pie in the show looks delicious. Actually, my friend and I used to, we'd watch an episode and see what pies they were making that week. And we would try to like recreate a recipe to try to make that pie from that show. Cool. I might do that. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to be doing. So I think okay. that'll be fun. Yeah. How about you? I'm putting some finishing touches on a Frida piece for the annual Frida show. Picture this gallery that opens in the fall. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Well, we will be right back to talk about staying true to your style. Hello and welcome back. Today, we are going to talk about staying true to your style. What does that mean? Why should we do it? And how do you do it? First, what does that mean? How would you describe that, Catherine? Style is basically the look of your work. I can walk into any show and if I know the artist, like I'll go, oh, that's Josh Coffey's work. That's Sky Becker Yamakawa's work. I can very readily recognize who painted that without even seeing a name. To me, that's your style. Right. Online, it said there's a variety of ways. It could be the <laughs> medium, the subject matter, the belief system that's conveyed, maybe the color palette. But it also brought up on the internet, I saw some questions between style versus consistency. Both sort of apply to what we're discussing. But I agree, there's definitely a certain aesthetic. When an artist has found their style, it seems to carry through all of their mm -hmm. artwork. Right. And it, it's interesting that they talk about from the online description is that it could be the medium you work in. I know artists that work in completely different mediums, but I can totally pick out their artwork no matter what medium they're using. Right. All of that goes into what your style is. I paint in oils. That's my style. It's like, well, there's many different ways that you can paint in oil. You know? A little broad. Yeah, it's a little broad. So what's the difference between style and consistency? Right. That 
was a tougher one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seemed like they bled the line between each other. And I think consistency is referring to you're doing like a series or a specific subject matter that you're staying within the parameters of whatever that may be. I would think, especially if you're working with galleries, that they want a consistent look. Like they don't want to sit there and go, I have no idea what I'm going to get from this person if I have something to show or something. They want to know, you know, what they're going to get. Now, I would say if you're working as an illustrator, sometimes it helps you to not be completely consistent, to have maybe some different styles that you work in. Okay. I have found it should be consistent in the skill level for sure. Like you don't want something that looks amateurish and then something professional. Right. I have seen in some places that look for illustrators or something, especially if you're going to be in-house, that they're like, you know, we, we want someone that can do anything or can have it look like this or have it look like this. I've seen that too with some production companies that do animation and that they're looking for artists to create the visual look of something that they want someone that can do multiple different styles so that can lend itself to different areas. Consistency has to be that it must look like refined and finished. It can't just be like, well, I kind of dabble in this over here. Let me pull together something and it looks like pretty rough. Or as you do like another medium or something that maybe you're more comfortable with and it looks super polished. Like, I think that's not consistent. What do you think? I think style is more broad. Mm-hmm. I think when you refer to style, you can refer to an artist can do different mediums, different mm-hmm. sizes, different subject matter, but you know that that's their style. Whereas consistency, I would think it is, it's more like a series or a collection. Like Ashley Longshore has her Audrey Hepburns and her Frida Kahlo paintings where she has the flowers and the birds all on top of their heads. Mm-hmm. And that's one series that's very consistent. And then she has another series where she has these bright florals in floral arrangements. And then she has words printed across the canvas. And that isn't consistent with the Audrey Hepburn and the Frida Kahlo's, which is more about powerful women and beauty. These have a message, but it's still her style. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. The next one is if you're not an illustrator, I guess, or an animator, why <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why should we be consistent in our style? According to the art marketing secrets online, it said consistency is all about focus in all caps. And they had a quote which said Bruce Lee said, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, because you're not, that kind of also goes into the 10,000 hours to become a master at anything. Right. (laughs) Interesting that he uses the 10,000, right? The more you do something, the better you get at it. That's true. And we talk about style and this, I don't know if you had this when you were in school, but it was hammered into us by every instructor that I have to not worry about your style, it will just come to you. Right. I think that was mentioned. I think a lot of younger artists or people who are trying to become artists, times they get, what's my style? What's my style? And Mm -hmm. they kind of force themselves into something. Just create what you create, how you create it. And as you refine that, it'll become distinguished from anybody else. You know, everybody else has stuff that is uniquely theirs and you should focus on what is uniquely yours. The way that you draw, 
or the way that you paint will just end up becoming the look of your work. If you're a young artist out there, don't be freaking out about your style. It will just happen. <laughs> I think the style, it comes out naturally mm-hmm. based on if you're consistent. Whatever mm-hmm. you're attracted to or enjoy creating or whatever's inspiring you will embed itself within what your style is. They said, oh, why should you be consistent? There was one, it'll help you develop your style. It could help marketing yourself as an artist was another. And then they said buyers, galleries, and dealers want a consistent body of work, predictability, and recognizable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I've read articles where galleries have said, please don't give us a portfolio with 500 different paintings and every hundred is a completely different style. Exactly. Exactly. Like, pick a lane and stay in it. <laughs> stay in that lane. And then as you get consistent in this one thing, if you want to change it up, do it slowly. Like start adding like a little bit into this and then kind of work your way into a new style. I think every artist like kind of naturally grows over right. the process of their career. So I think changing slightly in style is just normal. Their works can look like you, you'll still have your voice in there. I think it's just growth would help influence your style as well. When I see an artist's work who I really like, I like Mm -hmm. to look back at where they started and I like to see their evolution. That's fun and really interesting for me to see. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. The next thing we cover is how do we have a consistent style? So according to Live Your Art Life, they said to be prolific, which is the 10,000 kicks or it's Malcolm Gladwell, right? Yeah. thousand hours to be good at anything. Yeah. Uh, They said being intentional with what you create when that can be hard for artists. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And you create an art series or collection, which I thought was, Mm -hmm. that was a really important thing to help in terms of being intentional in what you create because you're in the moment of creation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you're like really passionate. But I think if you have a series or a collection that you're working towards, then it it corrals your creativity. It really does. Yeah. And it does help you to get that focus. Like we were talking about earlier, you know, if you're just doing these one-offs, you can do that for days. But when you're working on a series, that whole series has to, when you see it as a set, it's got to tell one story, one thing. Where you're always doing one-offs. I think one or two things either happens, either you have just a ton of random different paintings or you end up just saying, I don't care. This is what I paint. I'm going to try to be as consistent to my brand as I can be and bend it to work within whatever that show is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's fun to do all the, all the one-offs that were fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. And when you're focusing on a series or collection to be able to do a one-off for group shows is really nice. It's sort of like Mm -hmm. you get to take a breath. (laughs) Take a breath. Just do something else for, for a minute. Well, it's just like, you know, if you're, and even if for anything, it's like, if you're constantly doing stuff for shows or whatever, it's nice to just even do something for yourself. Oh, definitely. Great. We'll be right back with art news. Hello and welcome back. Now we have our art news segment, which is about a woman named Janet Sobel was a Ukrainian artist who dripped paint before Jackson Pollock. Now, this is the first time I ever heard of this story, Catherine, but you already knew about it. Yeah, I remember bits and pieces of it. It was some time ago that I remember hearing about this. And I don't remember if maybe I was at a show we were talking about it, or I was just a group of artists and talking about it and it came up, or if it was something that was actually mentioned in one of my art history classes. Like 
like, but it was many years ago. Okay. <laughs> it was a long time ago that I remember hearing about it and I didn't really look too much into that only because Jackson Pollock's work, it does not really resonate with me. So it's not something I'm super interested in. So I think I just went, oh, that's interesting that there was this woman artist before him. And then I was like, well, that doesn't surprise me. But I made a note of, oh, that's interesting bit of, I didn't really research it more than that. Yeah. So I guess she directly inspired Jackson Pollock with a painting that they called the Milky Way because mm-hmm. she used drip paintings and they said Pollock is recognized as one of the most important artists of the 20th century because of his drip paintings. But few people know that he was influenced by Sobel after seeing her work in an exhibit. Yet Sobel is a footnote in Pollock's story. Now, I'm basing this off of the Pollock movie which I saw many years ago. Right, right, yeah. As I recall, they explained in the movie that he was doing paintings and he knew Peggy Guggenheim and Guggenheim said, these are amazing and quickly sold them and put him on the map. I guess Sobel knew Peggy Guggenheim as well. And it was Peggy Guggenheim who showed Pollock Sobel's work. Interesting. Yeah, so she was in a group show with Peggy Guggenheim called The Women in her Manhattan Gallery of Art called Art of the Century. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she gave her a solo show. It was interesting also as Janet Sobel... She lived from 1893 to 1968. So she's a little bit of an anomaly. She didn't begin her painting career until she was 45. Good for her. Yeah. Right. Right. They say that she was a housewife and it sort of went into something about, I think her son wanted to be in the artist or he was studying art and she messed around with one of his paintings or something. And it went from Mm -hmm. there. She got to be a pretty big deal. And she met Eleanor Roosevelt and she was a thing. Then all of a sudden she just disappeared from the face of the earth. And nobody heard anything about her for like 20 years. That was it. Yeah. So we don't know exactly what happened, but it sounds like if she had continued on the trajectory that she was at with her paint drippings and her artwork, I don't know if you saw some of her other artwork. It reminded me a lot of Chagall. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So she just disappeared and she's Jewish immigrant Mm -hmm. from Eastern Ukraine in 1893. And she escaped the violence of an anti-Semitic program in which her father was killed and moved to New York with her three siblings. And it was really interesting interesting that she got to be a pretty big deal. Interesting. And then she just disappeared. Yeah. Where's her movie? I want to about that. (laughs) I want to see her movie. Yeah. Yeah, It just, they didn't even have a lot of information about nobody knew what happened. Like she was this up and comer and everybody was like, oh my God, have you seen her work? And then Mm -hmm. she just disappeared. Just stopped. Huh. That's so interesting. It is. Now I want to research hers. Oh, there's a mystery here. Right. Okay. And her work, the paint drippings, I could see Jackson Pollock was influenced by her work, but it wasn't necessarily, I would say, direct copy. Like it wasn't a copy, right. It was just influenced. And then her other pieces, they were very expressive. They could be abstract. I don't know if you remember, there's a piece, I don't know if they still have it up even, in the SF MoMA's permanent collection. And Mm -hmm. it's in that room where the Diego Rivera with the landscape, with the hidden body is. And Oh, okay. They have the greet in that one. There was a Jackson Pollock of this table with figures seated around it and underneath the table was a dog and her pieces looked like that piece. Huh. Okay. And then she had other pieces that, like I said, looked a lot like Chagall, which is kind of weird because you would think paint drippings and Chagall, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but in terms of consistency or style, but there was <laughs> it was two different things. Well, I mean, maybe she started 
doing, I'm just looking at her stuff online right now. It looks like her, and I do agree, it's it's kind of like Chagall type of work. Yeah. Those were really early on. And then she started doing the paint dripping thing later in her career. She started to had some figures and stuff and then kind of progressed to exploring just colors and patterns and then maybe. going into the drips, maybe. Somebody yeah. should make a movie about her though. You're totally yeah, right. I think so. I would watch it. <laughs> I would definitely watch it. Yeah, I agree. That concludes our episode as Pablo Picasso is often quoted as saying, good artists copy, great artists steal. (laughs) Okay, that concludes. So stay safe and happy happy creating. creating.